Welcome to episode 20 of the Exponential Performance Podcast. In this episode, I talk about eating out of a silver bag. We talk about Radix Nutrition. We also dig into what you should be focusing on and working towards in the gym. And Dr. Evelyn Parr drops in for a few comments around training for Masters Athletes. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Exponential Performance Podcast. Join sports scientist and performance coach Maddie Graham to find out how to train smarter and maximize your performance no matter who you are. G'day mate, welcome to the Exponential Performance Podcast. I'm Maddie Graham and it is so good to have you here with me. Welcome to episode number 20. I made it, I made it to number 20. And I think it's been about 22 or 23 weeks in the making. So I've tried my best not to miss a week, and I've only missed a couple in there. Which, when you consider I'm in the process of moving house and building a new house and two screaming kids, I don't think that's too bad. So I hope you've been enjoying the episodes so far. If you have been enjoying the episodes, you've been finding the content valuable, and it's been helping your training, please share them around on social media. Give me a thumbs up, give me a like, share them with your mates. First of all, on today's show, I want to talk about Radix Nutrition. Now, if you follow me on Instagram or on Facebook, you've probably seen posts on there, little videos, little posts, uh, little stories on Instagram about these freeze-dried meals that I have been using. Now, Radix Nutrition kindly sent me a box of these meals to try on the proviso that I give some honest feedback. So this is all this is today, is honest feedback. I received nothing from it apart from, I think it was about 10 of these meals to try. So freeze-dried meals, for those that aren't quite familiar, these are the they come in a little bag. You peel the top off, you pour in some boiling water, and it rehydrates the dehydrated food inside them. It's packaged up like that so that it's nice and light for those that are out in the backcountry doing tramping, hiking, racing, that sort of thing. But also it preserves the nutrients that are in the food. So when I think of freeze-dried meals, my mind jumps straight to the type of meals that you take out tramping, hiking, camping, whatever you want to call it, or, you know, consumed during multi-day adventure races or bike packing. Now, I've consumed my fair share of these types of meals from a huge array of different brands. And, you know, to be honest, after a hard day in the outdoors, whether it be hiking or tramping or, or racing, they don't actually taste too bad normally. Usually you can sort of wince through the the mush or the gruel as you spoon it into your mouth knowing that it's good quality fuel you know or it's just energy in so you can put some energy out the next day however i wouldn't go as far to say that they're tasty and i definitely wouldn't say that they're healthy because normally they're quite high in fat and in salt which isn't too bad when you're out there working hard in the outdoors but you probably wouldn't want to consume them on a daily basis so with this in mind when I first heard of the Radix Nutrition range and their freeze-dried meals, I just thought it was going to be another one of these options that you could choose for when you head out into the great outdoors. While these do tick all of the boxes 
for keeping you fueled when you are in the outdoors and they would be a great option if you are planning a big outdoor adventure where these really stand apart from the opposition are in day-to-day nutrition believe it or not now radix the word itself means the origin or the source of something and radix nutrition have the belief that good quality nutrition for health is the cornerstone of optimal performance and i would tend to agree with them there if you've ever read my performance temple handbook you'll see that health underpins the whole performance temple if you're not healthy if you're not consuming good food to support your health well then you can't really think about performance so with this in mind their whole range of meals are built with this in mind so how do they actually stack up in the real world well from past experience like i say i wasn't expecting much in terms of taste and this is a big draw card for me because it doesn't really matter how good something is for me if it doesn't taste good i'm probably not going to take it okay i'm just not a big fan of things that taste like crap now the first meal that i tried was from their breakfast range because i've got a range of breakfast options well-being day-to-day health options and then also a performance range so the first one i tried was breakfast and i was expecting a bland type of porridges porridge mixed with some you know sugar to make it kind of sweet because that's what breakfast tend to be when it comes to freeze-dried meals what i got however was quite different and what surprised me the most was actually the texture of it it wasn't the normal mushy slimy paste that often comes out of freeze-dried bags but it had real texture and crunch to it normally crunch is something in a freeze-dried meal that you want to avoid because it means you haven't rehydrated whatever's in that packet properly but the crunch in these radix nutrition breakfasts came from the seeds and the nuts that were included in them now i don't want to bore you with the details of all of the meals that i ate over the last couple of weeks because there's been quite a few of them but if you want to try them for yourself you can head over to the radix nutrition website which is simply www.radixnutrition.com and if you use the code epp20 you can get a 20 percent discount off your order online until the 31st of august so make sure you take advantage of that now these meals are more than just i guess a freeze-dried meal they've had about four years of research and development to get them to where they are and it seems every facet of these meals have been well thought about which i really like so with an ingredients list that contains things such as coconut milk millet flaxseed pink himalayan salt salmon broccoli this is all this all isn't in one meal by the way this is just a a bit of a gathering of different ingredients across the range lemongrass coconut oil turmeric free-range chicken you know you can really see from these ingredients that there's a lot of thought gone into the making of these meals to make them healthy and well balanced you know it's not your standard spaghetti bolognese banged into a bag and dehydrated these meals have had some real thought behind them what i personally found them really good for is when i'm pushed for time now i'd love to say that in the mornings in our house everything's cool and calm and everyone gets together and the kids are ready to go normally that's not the case 
we're usually really crunched for time in the morning trying to get a four-year-old and a two-year-old out the door and get to work on time. So what I found really good was having these uh, bags in the pantry just ready to go. If I didn't have time to have a good quality breakfast at home, all I had to do was chuck one of these in my bags and smash it at work. Or the same thing with lunch. If I didn't have time in the morning to prepare lunch, I knew that if I just reached in, grabbed one of these meals, then the quality of my lunch was going to be spot on. I found this fantastic. If you travel a lot for work and you're sick of just grabbing you know, a pie and a Coke from the garage during, during your work day, chuck one of these in the car. All you've got to do is get some hot water, bang, and you're ready to go. Also, athletes that are training or traveling and racing overseas in countries where the food options are really dodgy, these meals are absolutely perfect. The other other place I've found them really good is for young athletes who've got early morning training and then school and finding time to get in a good quality uh, breakfast before school. This here ticks the boxes. And also those students uh, might be at university or boarding school that are athletes as well that are boarding and in the dorms, you know, to be honest, the food isn't that great that comes out of those kitchens. So having these options on hand, again, is just, you know, a really good option. With them, they're definitely not a eat these for every meal for the rest of your life. However they could be in terms of the nutrients and what's actually in these packets, they tick all the boxes. You could eat them for every meal if you didn't want to cook. However, I've seen them being just a really good nutrition tool for busy athletes that want to make sure they're ticking all the nutrition boxes. So again, if you do want to check these out for yourself, head on over to the Radix Nutrition website. I'll post all of the details over at the Exponential Performance website under today's show notes. Simply use the code EPP20 to get a 20% discount before the 31st of August. Now I'm going to be doing uh, more ongoing reviews of these So check out the Exponential Performance Facebook page, Instagram, and YouTube channel because I will have a little bit more detail on these and the flavors and the the things that I like the most. Best thing about these things, you rip off the top, you pour in the hot water, 10 minutes later, you've got a perfectly well-balanced, healthy option to eat that's geared towards your performance. So go and check it out. Highly recommended. All right, team, I'll leave that with you. That's enough about Radix Nutrition for today. Let's jump into today's listener Q&A. Hi, Matty. This is Carl here all the way from Ireland. Uh, I have a quick question for you. And it's relation to the strength training uh, topic which you spoke about at length. Uh, which I really enjoyed, but uh, the question is regarding um, targets for strength training. Um, I'm a cyclist and I train quite a lot and it's quite easy to do the training because I have racing goals and I have very specific goals and targets that keep me motivated, but I find that when I do strength training in the gym, it's just really monotonous and boring, even if I'm working to a plan, um, because I don't have any specific goal or target to reach by the end of it um no specific indicators if you like and i was just wondering if there are any 
obvious uh, indicators that we could add or work to um, to make the whole strength training a bit more meaningful and keep the motivation up throughout the winter here in the northern hemisphere once it once it arrives cheers man meaningful and keep the motivation up throughout the winter here in the northern hemisphere once it once it arrives cheers man hey mate cheers for that question and it's awesome to hear that you're tuning in all the way over in ireland Hey, if you're out there listening, anybody, whereabouts are you tuning in for? Post a comment down below. What country, what city are you located in? It would be cool to know where all of you guys and girls are based. So strength training, what should we be working towards and what goals should we have in the gym? It's a good point. It's a good point. The key thing with strength training is to remember that you're not training in the gym to get strong in the gym. You're training in the gym to get better at your sport, whatever that might be. In your case, mate, it's cycling. So that is the real-world performance indicator is how much improvement you're getting on the bike. As long as you're improving on the bike, that's our key measure. So what can you target in the gym? Now, one of the one of the first things in the gym is just to monitor your training load. If you're monitoring the weight, and the sets and the reps, you should see a progression over time there. It should increase. The amount of weight that you're able to complete for your outline sets and reps should increase over time. And then just how you're feeling throughout the session should improve as well. So it should start to feel easier for a given weight. There are some strength standards out there. And these strength standards come from Dan John, who I've talked about in previous podcasts, but Dan John is uh, quite a well-known track and field coach, and he has some strength standards that I really like to work with. And the strength standards are pretty much like the baseline, basic strength for athletes of, of all ability and of all sports. So what Dan John suggests is that you should be able to do a squat with at least your body weight on the bar. So if you are a 75 kg cyclist, you should be able to do a squat with 75 kgs on there. If you can do a 75 kg squat once, then start building up the number of reps that you're doing then. The other exercise that he suggests is a deadlift. You should be able to deadlift one and a half times your body weight. So what he's really saying is that once you reach these markers, say uh, a bodyweight squat or a 1.5 bodyweight deadlift, you're at the point where your strength is no longer your limiting factor in your sport. You need to do more sport-specific training. So what I really like to do is build my athletes up to that point, and once we get to that point, develop work capacity around that, but not really focus on progressing the the amount of weight that's lifted. So those are two lower body exercises, which are really key for cyclists and you know most endurance athletes that use their lower body. There are also some upper body exercises. So he states pull-ups. You should be able to do five strict pull-ups. For females, about three. If you can do that, then your upper body strength, you know, is is good. Then for bench press, which is a pretty good indication of just 
overall upper body strength. You should be able to bench press body weight. Now, for endurance athletes such as cyclists and runners, I would tend to argue a little bit about a bench press, a body weight bench press, because it's not actually going to help improve your performance that much. So what I would recommend is working towards those strength goals of 1.5 times your body weight in terms of a deadlift and 100% of your body weight for a squat. Once you hit those strength goals, that should occur hopefully in your max strength phase, you should then be able to really build your explosive power using the plyometrics in that next phase, which will help develop your uh, power transfer on the bike and running as research suggests. If those don't sound like numbers that you want to work towards or it's not something you're not interested in, then just monitor what you're doing with each exercise and you should see progress throughout. If you're not seeing progress, then something's you know not lining up. Apart from those sort of those key lifts, what you could also do is look at tracking simple things such as the number of push-ups you can do without stopping, how long you can hold a prone hold for. You could look at how far you can jump in five jumps. So do five jumps, measure the distance, or you could do the distance you can hop with five hops, measure that distance and use that as a tracker. That jumping, that explosive nature of jumping and hopping has been shown to correlate very well with running performance. So if you are a runner, if you can keep track of that hopping and jumping and you know that's progressing, that's actually been shown to improve your running performance as well. So it's a gym-based measurement that transfers really well into the real world. So I hope that answers your question, mate. If you've got any other questions that you want me to expand on around this strength training topic, keep them coming in because it is an important topic to get on top of and there's a lot of misinformation out there. If you haven't already listened to the episodes where I dig into strength training for endurance athletes, get back and check those out. Those were in episode 14 and episode 15. I'll post a link in the show notes to both of those. So there you have it. There's a little bit of a listener Q&A about strength training for cyclists in this case. Remember, if you've got a question, feel free to send it in over at the Exponential Performance Coaching website. Scroll down over there underneath the podcast tab. You'll find a link to send through a voice message. Send through the voice message, and as a way of saying thank you for your question, I'll send you a free copy of my Exponential Performance Handbook series. Get onto that now. So this is a problem I come across a lot. Let's say an athlete is sick and they keep pushing through and training while they're sick with the thought in mind that it's going to improve their performance. It's going to make them fitter. They need to keep training so they maintain their fitness. And it's coming up close to a race so they really don't want to miss any sessions so they keep pushing and on race day they're sick and they have a suboptimal performance. Now, it would have been better for that athlete to rest up. They wouldn't have boosted their fitness any through their training, but the thing that would have improved their performance the most was being 100% well and letting their body 
get rid of the sickness if you like the same thing can be thought about with injury if you're injured and it's coming up to a race or injury at any time you need to let the injury heal that's the thing that's going to boost your performance the most and it's think the best way to think about this or a wee tagline that I always like to throw around is that it is better to be a little bit underdone and healthy in terms of injury or, or sickness than it is to be fit and injured or sick because if you're injured or sick it doesn't matter how fit you are you're not going to be able to perform very well so improving that health or getting over that injury is the thing that's going to improve your performance the most. And it's quite hard for some people to get that through their head because if they're missing training sessions, they feel like it's undoing the work that they've done or it's not helping them reach their goal. Where in fact, in these cases of injury and illness, it's the best thing you can do is to let your body recover and to heal from these things. There's usually some type of training that you can do around these things, but it might not be the original session. So if you've got an injury or you've got an illness, think about what you could be doing to help your performance, but that it might not actually be the planned training session. So if you've got an injury of the lower limb, you can always be training your upper body or your core, You know, whether it be a gym session or a stretching session, foam rolling, all of those things help performance in the long run. And if you've got an injury or an illness, it's often a really good time to divert your attention to those things and let your planned training sessions fall by the wayside. And this can often help athletes not feel guilty about missing sessions, which is often a common, common thing. If you're really sick and you are bedridden or you're on the couch, that's the best place you can be to let your body recover. While you're on there, you can always be prepping for your race or maximizing your time that you're not training by doing some mental rehearsal, running through race day in your head, doing gear preparation, writing checklists for your support crew or for you on race day. Mentally rehearsing things is is a thing that's not done enough and it's something that is extremely effective at maximizing your performance on race day. When you're sick or injured and you have some extra time on your hands, rather than just wallowing in self-pity or you know wasting your time on your phone what looking at Facebook and bloody Instagram, you know spend some time doing some mental preparation for your race. It's an ideal time to do it. So I guess the underlying thing I really wanted to get across is that it is better to be healthy. That's going to improve your performance the most. It's better to be a little bit undercooked, so to speak, and healthy on the start line than it is to be, in brackets, fit and injured or sick. So the next time you're faced with that scenario, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. It's better to be underdone and healthy. Done. Now, if you've been a listener to the podcast for a while, 
You may remember way back in episode 6, I talked with Dr. Evelyn Parr about low-carbohydrate, high-fat diets, alcohol, and training. Also on that podcast, I covered gelatin supplementation, and at the end, I answered a question about training for Masters athletes. Now, in that podcast uh, about training for Masters athletes, I talked about strength training and the decline in muscle mass. Now, I got a voice message from Dr. Evelyn Parr, who had been listening to that podcast again, and this is what she had to say. Hey, Maddie, I was just listening to one of your older podcasts or the end of my old podcast about Masters athletes and the decline in, in muscle mass. Did you know that muscle mass starts to decline or your peak muscle mass is around the age of 30 and it starts to decline after that? It's the exacerbated decline that occurs sort of around the 60s uh, that we think is the biggest issue in terms of the other functional outcomes for quality of life but also for, I guess, athletic performance when you're a, a master's athlete and declining in terms of your VO2 max or your performance I think you hit the nail on the head, though, with the intensity-driven responses, and I think that's what, across the board, people are very hesitant to put themselves in the hurt box and do high-intensity efforts, especially, you know, I think at any age, and if you've got somebody that's coaching themselves, they're typically not doing those high-intensity efforts as somebody would be when a, a good coach who has a good understanding of physiology is coaching. The importance of doing those efforts to improve a whole host of, of metabolic adaptations is, is really important. Um, great podcast, love listening to you, and let's chat again soon. So that was Dr. Evelyn Parr just leaving me a bit of a voice message about episode six. Now, if you haven't listened to episode six, first of all, get back and check out that episode. I'll put a link to that in the show notes over at Exponential Performance Coaching. But in episode six I talked about strength training for masters athletes and I said that everyone over about the age of 45 should be doing strength training to maintain that muscle mass and that's definitely the case if you are over the age of 45 you should be doing some strength training to hold on to that muscle mass but as Dr. Evelyn Parr pointed out in her message muscle mass peaks at around age 30 so I'd bring that number even back closer to 30. If you're over 30, you should be doing some strength training to hold on to that muscle mass because it is going to start decreasing every year going forward. And you want to hold on to that muscle mass, not just for performance, but for quality of life. Most people in later life get health problems or have terrible accidents because they, one, can't get out of a chair, or they can't stop themselves from falling over. The muscles can't contract and relax fast enough to keep them stable. They fall, break a hip, shatter a pelvis, whatever it might be. So muscle mass is really important, not only for performance, but for long-term health and quality of life. So just as a bit of a summary from that little message from Dr. Evelyn Parr, and Dr. Evelyn Parr is going to be dropping by on a more regular basis from just to offer a little bit of an insight, tips, little gems that she comes across in her research. So keep an ear out for that. But with that strength training, get onto it early. Get onto it early to maintain that muscle mass. And then also high-intensity exercise is hard. 
to maintain, but really focus on if you're going to do one thing to improve your performance as a Masters athlete, go hard, keep that intensity in there, and just having a maintenance dose of high-intensity exercise is going to be really important for maintaining that performance for as long as possible. There you have it. If you've got any comments, any insights into that, leave a comment below or send me a voice message. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Exponential Performance Podcast. Like I say, it's greatly appreciated if you can share these podcasts around if you've found the information useful. That's it for episode 20. May there be many more into the future. If you haven't already got over to Radix Nutrition to check out those meals, remember, if you enter the code EPP20 at the checkout in the reference field, you'll get a 20% discount so that you can give them a wee test out for yourself. If you do end up going over there and getting some of those meals, let me know what you think of them. Let me know how you how you find them. Always interested to hear your feedback on those topics. Until then, get out there and train hard, but most importantly, train smart. Mm-hmm.